especially as physicians, we get kind of caught up in that analysis paralysis. We're like, we're waiting for things to be just absolutely perfect. And they usually never are. And so I think you just have to kind of get started. This is Dr. Jen Barnett. Thank you for joining us today on Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. Today, I'm talking with a very interesting guest, Dr. Syra Ahmed, who's a wonderful example of a physician who's optimized her medical practice to fit her personal goals and lifestyle and who runs multiple businesses and a nonprofit organization on the side. If you're interested in developing a business, looking to pay off debt or build financial independence while enjoying a career as a physician, this two-part episode is for you. On today's interview, We'll discuss the businesses Dr. Ahmed runs and how she balances it all. And on Friday's episode with Syra, I'll talk with her about investing in real estate, getting into the details. Let's dive right in to today's episode. Welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician podcast. I'm Dr. Jen Barna, and I'm here today with guest Dr. Syra Ahmed. She is a board-certified internist and sleep medicine specialist who works full-time in utilization review and helps her husband run a busy practice in addition to running a number of businesses or side gigs, as we like to call them, right? Right. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. really appreciate it. I want to hear about everything. So my first question was just, When did you decide to become a doctor? And what was the story behind that? Yeah, I basically knew from the beginning I was going to be a doctor. My grandfather was a doctor and none of his kids became doctors. My father was a pharmacist. He was supposed to be a doctor and he actually dropped out of med school. So when I was born, I think my grandfather was like, you're going to fulfill my dreams (laughs) and you know, you're going to be the doctor. And I kind of grew up with that in my mind and I couldn't really imagine doing anything else anyway. So it was something I wanted also so that I guess from from since growing up, I just knew I was going to be a doctor. That is really interesting. It seems like some people have known their whole lives that that's what they want to do. And so you're one of those. I don't know what else I would have done. Yeah, I think that was the path for me. Great, great. And so when was the first time that you got interested or that you remember being interested in business? So probably, you know, I was thinking about this very late. I did not ever think that I was going to be an entrepreneur or go into business at all. You know, pretty much my whole professional career has been focused on becoming a physician and, you know, getting into residency, getting through residency and fellowship. I think I started thinking about entrepreneurship when I was an attending in my first year of being an attending. My first job after fellowship, I worked as a hospitalist. It was really awesome because, you know, there's a huge learning curve when you go from being a fellow to becoming an attending. But after a year of doing that, I felt like the learning curve had really plateaued. And I felt I had pretty much learned everything there was to learn in that position. And I was starting to think, you know, okay, I've got one year in as an attending, what is my future plan now? And what do I want to do? So I think the whole entrepreneurship thing started because I knew I wanted to do something on my own, whether that was having a practice or I actually had a plan to open a wellness not really a spa, but like a wellness place, like a retreat. And I actually still have those notes. It's like from 10 years ago. I had a binder that I used to like jot notes down and ideas and things that I would want at my retreat, you know. But luckily what happened is I the guy I was seeing at the time proposed and got married. And then that was history. And then I basically 
uh, luckily he turned out wanting a lot of the same things I wanted to. So we kind of started our entrepreneurial journey together. And is that something that you knew? Is that something you talked about before you got married? Or is that something that you discovered after you got married? It was something we discovered after, honestly, because he had his practice already. He was a you know physician practicing and, you know, he kind of was just like, you, know, you can do whatever you want. You, you can, you know, help me in my practice. You want to work in my practice. You want to have a job. And I was like, well, I have all these ideas of things I want to do. And he's like, that sounds really cool. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. So I think we had a very kind of easy and very understanding relationship from the beginning. And so ultimately, it sounds like you decided to join his practice. Is that right? I did. In the beginning, I did. I joined his practice and I worked in his practice for probably around five years. And then eventually I decided, you know what, I'd rather just take more of a management role. I still see patients as practice one day a week just to keep up my clinical skills because that's something I don't want to lose. But clinically, I'm not, you know, the biggest uh, provider there anymore. I'm more of management now. And, you know, I got my own job doing utilization, which I felt was more related to sleep medicine, which is my specialty. So I thought that was a win-win for me. And it also gave me the opportunity to focus on other things, you know, like our other projects that we have going on. Did you say you're working full-time in utilization review? Yes. And so in addition to the utilization review full-time work, you have Mm -hmm. a real estate business. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. And you have a business training people to become phlebotomists. Yes. We have a little school that we started a few years ago. Okay. And then you have a, an e-commerce clothing store that sells scrubs, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is really interesting because you've got such diversity in your business portfolio yes. as well. So what was the first thing that you did? And then you also have a not-for-profit organization yeah. too, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so tell me, which of these did you start first? The nonprofit came first. So what happened after I got married, I moved to South Jersey where my husband was already settled. And one year into our marriage, we're both moderate Muslims. We do practice and, you know, we like to go to mosque on Fridays and we do practice Ramadan. So we realized that the mosque with our busy schedule, our schedule is only getting busier and busier. And the closest mosque was about 25, 30 minutes away. And we were just like, there's got to be an easier way for us to, you know, continue to practice our religion and still do everything else that we do. So we decided to open a nonprofit and open an Islamic center in our town. You know, we spoke with the mayor we said, listen, we have a small community here. You know, we've got professionals and we've got business owners and it would just be so convenient if we can have a place to pray here. And at the same time, you know, we felt with everything going on in the news and stuff and how sometimes we're portrayed, I don't want to get political, but, you know, we felt we need to show a positive, you know, show that positive outlook on Islam and you know, we are doctors, we are taxpayers, we're good citizens, and we wanted to do some education. And at the same time, we also wanted to do community service. So we do multiple projects throughout the year, like during Christmas, we gave out, you know, 100 hot meals to community members, and they don't have to be a part of our mosque, you know, they don't have to be Muslim or anything, we just want to give back, you know, to the local community. So we thought, you know, the best way to do it was starting our own nonprofit, we spoke to the mayor at the time, and we said, this is what we want to do. And she was supportive. So we did. That's an amazing outreach. That's really to be commended for you you guys to have accomplished that. I'm sure it's made a big difference in your community. It has. Honestly, people move to our town now, you know, because they have that access, you know, um, especially families of little kids who they want their kids to learn the religion. And we actually have expanded from one building to four buildings now and over the years. And our community has grown and we continue to do a community service. 
I mentioned in an email to you, our next project that we want to do is we want to open a free clinic that's open for everybody in our town. And that's going to be the next thing, I think, towards the end of this year in 2022, I'm going to be working on. Wow. Okay. That sounds like a whole podcast unto itself. <laughs> so I, I definitely am going to have to uh, invite you back to tell us about that as that Absolutely. gets underway. That would be yes. fantastic. So tell me, you know, with everything you have going on, how do you strike the right balance? Yeah. Sometimes there is no balance. Sometimes it's it's really hard because we work together. Me and my husband, you know, all day, you know, even if I'm doing my job, you know, we're on the phone constantly, um, you know, every couple of hours and updating each other and I think sometimes you can physically have to be like okay we got to put the phones away and it's the weekend and it's you know Sunday or whatever it is and you know turn it off so sometimes there is no balance and you have to really be conscious of turning things off and you know focusing on self-care and and doing things for yourself so I think it's an effort to keep things balanced what are some of the things that you enjoy doing outside of all of the work we are both shopaholics. <laughs> That's so bad. Like he's a huge online shopper. There's like boxes coming to the house every day. And I I think have grown a taste for designer things. And so we are we're both big shoppers and travelers. We love traveling. I mean, before COVID, we would take multiple trips throughout the year. So yeah, I think those are the two things we love. Wonderful. Yeah, those sound like great ways to spend your time and you're giving back to your community, I suppose, with your shopping as well. Yeah. So with everything you have going on, what does a typical day look like for you? How do you integrate everything? So I work my full-time job from 1 p.m. to 11 p.m. actually. It's a remote position, so I actually work from home. So my day starts at nine. Basically, I'm up by like 6 a.m. You know, I do meditation and, you know, take a walk or do things. And then by like nine, I'm working. I have a schedule, you know, basically I try to stick to as much as possible on what days I'm going to be working on what. So one day I'll be working on practice related things. One day I'll be working on our scrub line. One day I'm working on our school. And then I start my job at one and I go till 11 p.m. Wow. That is certainly an extensive day. So um, do you take a couple of days off at all? Or I get- I get Fridays off for my job. So Fridays are kind of a relaxed day. My mom actually lives with us because my father passed away five years ago and I'm an only child. So she moved in with us. So Friday is like mom day. I take care of all her stuff, you know, doctor's appointments, whatever she needs. We do it Fridays. I have lunch with her on Fridays. So I try to dedicate a few hours on Friday to her. And on Fridays, thank you. And then Fridays also we go to the mosque. So Fridays, I try to do things with her. I do a little bit of work. You know, I don't think I can completely shut work off. Uh, I do have mm-hmm. a couple of meetings usually on Fridays, but I try to give her a few hours and do, you know, other things. And knowing everything you know now and about all of the various types of businesses, in addition to your medical practice, knowing what you know now, if you were advising someone who's just getting started, what would you advise? I think number one, just get started. I think everybody says that, you know, I think we're always, especially as physicians, we get kind of caught up in that analysis paralysis. We're like, we're waiting for things to be just absolutely perfect. And they usually never are. And so I think you just have to kind of get started. I think you have to expect that there's going to be losses. You know, nothing is perfect. You know, definitely in entrepreneurship, there's highs and then there's lows. And you are going to lose sometimes. You're going to lose money sometimes. It's definitely expected. So just keep those, you know, expectations real. I think 
I think that was hard for me in the beginning because I felt like everything has to be a straight line and, you know, A plus B has to go to C and it doesn't necessarily, sometimes it goes to Z first. Yeah. (laughs) And I think now I've become more kind of resilient and when the losses happen, I'm more easily able to, you know, say, okay, that's fine. Let's just pivot and do this this way instead. That's what I would advise. Can you tell me an example of a time when things did not go as you thought they would? (laughs) I have so many uh, examples. <laughs> you want a list? Yeah, um, yeah, anyone. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there was a time actually that we thought that we'd get into the business of owning a group home. And I don't know if you know what a group home is, but basically it's usually a group home is where you have people living there who have underlying psychiatric issues and they are supported by the state so they get social security checks. And, you know, what that involves is you have to have a 24-7 caregiver who lives in the home with them, and you have to provide all their food, obviously the room and board. So what happens is that they sign their social security over to you, and you have to give them a little bit back for their personal expense, so if they want to buy clothes or things like that. But the rest of the check belongs to you. But with that check, you have to provide food and their 24-7 care. They have to get their medications, all that kind of stuff. So we thought, oh, this is going to be a good idea. Let's do this business. You know, we're going to get into the group home business. And we actually bought the property. We bought a house and we bought the business from somebody. And it was the worst. You know, it was just not for us. You know, it was just when we got into it, it involved so much more than what we thought. The profit margin was not there. And it was just a huge risk and liability and just a huge, huge, huge mistake. And we didn't do our research 100%. You know, we were told that our home was approved for 10 residents. And when we, after we bought it and we went to the state and we looked it up and we were only approved for six residents and it was just a nightmare. So we had to pivot, you know, we had to pivot. We did that for probably like two years, I think, trying to make it work. And at the end, we said, you know what? We've lost tons of money here and we're losing money every month and we need to shut it down. So what did we do? We pivoted, we kept the property, we closed the business down and we turned the property into a rental and now it's cash flowing. Oh, wonderful. Well, that's a great, uh, happy ending to the the story. Well, I'm going to have you come on for a separate episode here to talk about your real estate specifically, because I think there will be a lot of interest in your advice and experience there since you've been owning real estate now, I think you said for about five years. Is that right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Great, great. So we'll come back and we'll talk further about that. So Syra, can you please tell us how people can find you? Yeah, sure. I think the best way to get me is probably through Facebook. I check Facebook a lot and through Messenger. So just go ahead and send me a friend request from Syra Med. It's S-A-I-R-A-A-H-M-E-D. And that would be the best way. Our website for our e-commerce store is www.aplusmedicalscrubs.com. So you can definitely send me a message through there too. I do get those emails. And I think that would be the best way to get me. Wonderful. And thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate all of your insights into various ways of just knocking it out of the park. You're so successful at all these different things. And it's great to hear that. Thanks. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Amanda Taran. I'm the producer of the Doc Working Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like and subscribe. We would also love it if you checked out our website, which is docworking.com.
And you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. On Instagram, we are docworking1, and that is with the number 1. When you check us out on social, please let us know what you would like to hear on the podcast. Your feedback really means a lot to us. And if you're a physician with a story you'd like to tell, please reach out to me at amanda at docworking.com to apply to be on the podcast. Thank you again, and we look forward to talking with you on the next episode of Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast.